podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the conspiracy theory. We are going to talk about yet another conspiracy theory as we delve into the strange and weird world of conspiracies. There's uh, many a conspiracy theory out there on all sorts of subjects, which make for interesting conversation. As ever, we're not saying that uh, we believe it to be one way or the other, at least not at the moment. We've done previous shows on 9-11, MKUltra, uh, the moon landings, David Icke, all sorts of stuff. In fact, I was just saying to my co-host, Reese, just now off air, that uh, still the most downloaded uh, audio podcast in all 250 plus episodes on Ace Podcast Nation is the Conspiracy Theory Show where we talked about David Icke and reptilians, which is insane to me, but there we go. People like it, people love it. And uh, that's why we brought it back, back by popular demand. Of course, you can find the video versions of this show and all our other shows on youtube.com slash Ace Podcast Nation. And uh, I also put them up on facebook.com slash acecastnation. Uh, they normally come out later. So if you want the shows first, subscribe to YouTube, click that bell, and you'll get a notification every time we upload. The audio versions are available at uh, the same time everywhere you can get podcasts and radio. Just give us a little subscribe. If you're really feeling generous and you want to help us out, give us a little review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts because that helps us grow as we try to break into the top 50 or top 100 or whatever it is on the iTunes chat. But joining me to, to delve into another conspiracy is uh, Mr. Conspiracy Theory Enthusiast, Mr. Reese Pycroft. How are you, sir? All good, mate. All good. All good, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, so as we uh, as we start in this, I just released uh, the last episode we did, which was kind of like um, we kind of touched upon the like the Hollywood elites and this kind of satanic uh, rumors and things like that. But also we went through, I think it was the top top fifteen Illuminati conspiracies, and uh, we talked about whether we thought they were factual or fiction. Uh, today we're going to talk about the tragic passing of the Princess of Wales, Lady Diana Spencer, she was formerly known as. But uh, yes, we're going to talk about the death of Princess Diana. So um, before I ask you for general overall thoughts and stuff, and then we're going to delve into it a bit, um, I'm going to ask you the question now, and then I'm going to ask you the question again at the end. Was Princess Diana murdered? Fact or fiction? Fact. Fact. See if we can change your mind before the end. I doubt it somehow. Um, insane, mate. So, as a kind of preparation for the show, I watched, and I know you watched some of it, was the uh, documentary called Unlawful Killing, which was made by Keith Allen, obviously 
Lily Allen's father and musical artist and his filmmaker in his own right. Uh, he's very well known. Um, but there's a kind of interesting story just behind that documentary. Um, it's made by Keith Allen's the, the main uh, protagonist in terms of making it. But also I think Piers Morgan was uh, involved in it. He was obviously, he was heavily featured in it in terms of uh, interview content. Uh, they had a bit of trouble getting it off the ground. And then uh, Mohammed Al-Fayed, obviously father of Dodi Fayed, who was also tragically killed, uh, invested £2.5 million pounds into the project. Uh, it was all set for release. Uh, I don't think it was going to be on TV anytime soon. Um, so it was going to be out on in the cinema and DVD and stuff like this. Uh, they had to get advice from lawyers, obviously because of the content. They didn't want to get sued. Uh, the lawyers advised them to do 87 edits, which they did. They still couldn't get agreement, I think, from the insurance side. So they said, oh, we'll just release it in America because they love a conspiracy. Um, but the insurance companies, they couldn't find an insurance company in the whole world who would touch them and insure them for this documentary to release it because they thought they were going to get sued. Um are you surprised by that aspect of it, mate? Just the trouble they had in getting it off the ground and getting it out initially? Not in this project. Yeah, I'm not either. You know, but the interesting fact is, mate, right? Uh, it, it, so basically, it's been on YouTube since 2014. Um, it was made or it was finished by 2011, I think it was, or 2009. Um, we're in 2020 now. And as far as I know, Keith Allen... Piers Morgan and Mohammed Al-Fayed, none of them have been sued by the royal family, MI6, or anyone else who they kind of point the finger at numerous times during that film. The police officers who they name uh, for, for the cover-up and stuff, they have none of them have been sued. So what does that tell you, do you think? Yeah, there haven't even been a rumour of it. No. And the thing is, mate, now, if I made a documentary film, hour and a half and basically said you had murdered someone, then you covered it up, accused you of all these horrible, heinous crimes, uh, and then, you know, it was seen by millions of people, pretty sure you're not just going to let it slide. Because, you know, oh, well, it's, boys will be boys. Well, they want to brush under the carpet, obvious. Yeah, they don't, I know they don't want to draw attention to it, but still, in, like, you'd think for the, from their point of view, I guess they, there's two ways to look at it, and they? If they sue them, it dredges it all back up, and they've got to go back to court, and they've got to, you know, they've got to go through it all, because they would have made this documentary, you know, they, they say in the film they've got statements from MI6 agents and sources. If, you, if they had sued them, they would have brought all that evidence to court, and then you've got a big problem, I suppose, because it, not only does it dredge it all back up into the public eye, but also they start providing evidence for their allegations and you could end up with more of a problem than just having your name defamed, I suppose. And I think in them two years, there was a massive, massive breakthrough with social media. Oh, yeah. Now, like 2015, that video hits the internet somewhere it's going to stay on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. years after September 11th. They were still yes. and that's why no one has responded because they know with social media and everything now it'll be everywhere. So they've left it to me; they can't respond. 
But you hear many people talking about this Princess Diana video. No, and I'm you know it is a few years old now. However, I was looking, but I was reading there was a review in the Guardian back in 2014, and apparently even now it is massive in America. They still like are firmly of the opinion that the British government and the royals murdered Princess Diana. Like, there's no doubt about it. Which don't get me wrong, I family more than us, don't they? Let's be fair. Well, yeah, I just don't see the point in the royal family. Royals. Say that, say that again, mate. You sounded like you were underwater then. It's a massive pull in America, the royal family. Because they haven't got a royal family. Yeah, I don't understand it, mate. And actually, funny enough, one of the things in one of the guests or the people they interviewed in this documentary, they were on about the royal family. And they were saying, like, one of the reasons or one of the arguments which pro-royals will say now is, oh, they bring in tourism. And, he, and they were like, yeah. You go to France and you go and stand at the top of the Eiffel Tower and you think, wow, what an incredible view. This is amazing. It'd be better if they had a, a royal family, though, wouldn't it? It's missing a monarch. And, you know, it's, it's boring. Mean, I can't even get started on the actual royal family as a concept. Just it's ridiculous. Especially when you delve into, and we, you know, we probably will at some point delve into it. Like when you delve into the way they've kind of held on to the throne over the years. It's kind of frightening, mate, like how easily they get away with stuff and people just don't even, like, bat an eyelid. Like, and, and uh, so there we go. One of the opening scenes of this documentary, uh, one of the journalists says, if this was Diana Smith from wherever, Kensington or, uh, I know, wherever, Brighton, Diana Smith from Brighton, who was murdered and her friends and family brought to court through the lawyers a letter where she said, my husband is going to kill me in the exact way she was killed in suspicious circumstances with loads of shady shit around it. You're telling me that that letter would be made like inadmissible and can basically like, like a gagged order on it and... And, you know, they wouldn't charge anyone. Do you know what I mean? That that husband or boyfriend would be in fucking court so quick, he probably he wouldn't even have time to burn the evidence. It's insane, mate. Insane. Um, Just off that letter. Well, mate, that's like... So, like, before we even go into any other uh, information and different facts and stuff, so the letter we're referring to is Princess Diana wrote a letter to her friends, uh, Paul Burrell, who was her driver or bodyguard. Um, body, bodyguard, wasn't he? Butler. And, um, and also... Get me out of there. Say again? He was on I'm a Celebrity. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, and also one of her female friends, I've forgotten her name and I can't find it. Uh, it was in the documentary and I didn't write it down, unfortunately. Uh, but basically, she wrote... What's that, Mitch? Not much about it on the internet. No. No, there's not. Um, and so basically, she wrote a letter to her friends saying that her husband, Prince Charles, was going to kill her in a car accident or arrange for her to be killed in a car accident. And then less than six months later, she died in a suspicious car accident. Um, 
shady, shady shit. So that's that letter we're referring to. Um, it's difficult to know where to start. So I guess the backstory is um, Princess Diana, um, the royals didn't, didn't really get on with her, didn't like her because she had an opinion. She was compassionate. She was for the people. She wasn't for the elite and this, like the royal, the royals and all this. She cared about the people. She cared about uh, landmine victims and poverty in other countries. The royals don't give a shit about that, but, but she did. And that rubbed them up the wrong way, particularly when you think about all the companies which are linked to the royal family and the politicians and the elite in the UK who are linked to weapons and arms companies. Um, you know, if you get landmines, if she had got landmines banned, that's a massive so, yeah. issue. <clears throat> because, uh, yeah, it would have cost them millions and millions of pounds, mate, in, you know, if you get landmines or certain weapons banned, you know, the companies which make it, which make all that money for those elites in the UK, that's a problem. Then you've got the aspect that she didn't like the fact that the paparazzi hounded her at every moment. She didn't want, you know, didn't want them around her kids and stuff. She she wanted to be able to take William and Harry out for day trips and stuff without being harassed, which, you know, is fair enough. But equally, you're not going to get that as a celebrity, let alone a, a member of the royal family. But it's, then they've got the other aspect of her relationship with Prince Charles broke down. Um, there's strong rumours that he never stopped seeing Camilla Parker Bowles from, he was obviously in a relationship with her before Diana. Um, and there's strong allegations that he never stopped seeing her. He saw her throughout their marriage, blah, 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 blah. And then obviously eventually got married to her after Diana died. Um, their relationship broke down. Um, they wanted her to kind of quietly, well, first of all, they didn't want her to be divorced because that was not the done thing. But when that became apparent that, you know, that it was happening, um, they kind of wanted her to fade into the background and shut her mouth and get on with it. Whereas she wanted to use her name value to, you know, to really work with her charities, um, whether it was the landmine ones or the poverty in Africa and things like this. Um, she was then linked to James Hewitt, um, who a lot of people joke that is the father of, um, which one is it, Harry, isn't it? Um, then, obviously, she started seeing uh, Dodi Fayed, who is the son of Al uh, Muhammad Al-Fayed. Um, so, James Hewitt, Prince Harry. They look similar, don't they? They could be twins if they were the same age. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, isn't it? It's kind of like, mm. I don't, I, I hate to say this because I love Di, Lady Di. I think she was amazing. But he, he doesn't even look like any of the other royals or anything. Well, do you know what? We'll get on to Harry and um, what's his wife's name? Megan, is it? Mm -hmm. Because um, I think there's quite scary similarities uh, in the way that's going with them, the way they've broken off from the royal family. And I worry for them, I really do. Especially because they're on the other side of the world, which means they're flying back to the UK, you know, at least a few times a year for various, 
functions and how easy would it be for for them to get rid of them like things can happen a lot easier in america than they can in this country yeah in you know in the in the canada in it they live and i mean I'm assuming they live quite in quite an isolated part of Canada because they would be or want to be away from people. A lot of time in America. Yeah, yeah. You could put it down to crime. You could put it down to a carjacking. You could put it down to a plane crash where they're flying from one, you know, from Canada to another side of America or Canada over the Atlantic back to the UK. So easily done, and I worry for them because um, I feel like since that relationship between the two of them and the royal family has broken down, I feel like Meghan's got a bit comfortable in terms of she's quite openly criticised them, passively, aggressively, obviously. And I just think, God, oh, no, just shut up. Seriously, just just keep your gob shut. Go, go and live your life, like, because they... Say again, mate? Yeah. You can't argue with the royals, mate. And when have you ever heard of someone leaving the royal family? Princess Diana probably was the was the one, and yeah. look what happened to her. That that was different, to Prince Harry, wasn't it? Totally different. You know, he's born a royal. Yeah, they say though he's very similar to his mum, isn't he? Yeah, the royal family. Mm. Scary, mate. I worry. I worry from. And all this, I mean, look at Prince Andrew. He's still Prince Andrew, all right. They haven't stripped him of his title or anything. No, and that's one of the things they kind of moved on to was they were going to strip her of her, her, uh, her, you know, her Royal Highness title. They never did because I think probably because of the backlash, you know, backlash from the people. But I mean, it was clear that they they were using the media to get at her and to make her life exceptionally stressful. Um, you know, they did that regularly. They did that all the time. They own the newspapers and the media. They were able to do this. And this plays into the story, obviously, later on as well. But she wouldn't. She was too strong. Yeah. And that's the. Th- I think that's what it comes down to, is she was very... Um, She's very stubborn and she's very single-minded. She was very, when she had her heart set on something, she was determined to get it done, whether it was her charity work or whether it was leaving Prince Charles or whether it was uh, going on to marry a Muslim man, which was very, very much kind of frowned upon from the royal family. Look, the royal family are racist as they come. You only have to look at Prince Philip's, uh, history of comments like I'm not going to repeat them on here because I treasure my YouTube channel and podcast network but like you said you, you could google it and there's 10 separate sentences which he has said about different nationalities and races uh, never mind the fact that his family is German and there's pictures of him as a young man with the Nazi party you know like there's no there is no doubt that at its core, the royal family is racist. There's, you don't see very many um, kind of black members or, or people of color within the staff at the you know, Buckingham Palace and the, and, the, and the other properties and places where they reside. 
Uh, I don't think that's a coincidence either, I've got to be honest. Um, but yeah, going back to Princess Diana, um, so you had the, the kind of the marriage breakdown. She starts seeing Dodie Fired, who was like a filmmaker. Um, and even at the early stages, when she first started seeing him, straight away in the papers, they portrayed him as this, this playboy, this, this, like, this man whore who just was like sleep around and go to parties. And one of the things that Mohammed Al-Fayed said after the, the inquest, he said, even though I didn't, you know, even though we're not happy with the verdict, I am happy that people now know the truth about my son because they did kind of say, well, no, he, there is no evidence that he was this. He was a, you know, he was a filmmaker. He was in the military. He was... Uh, quite a Muslim as well. Say again? Quite a devout Muslim, wasn't he? Yeah, he was like a proper... Um, I'm pretty sure he, he didn't drink or anything like that. He was a... Um, no evidence at all I can find to support that he was drinking or partying or anything at all. Yeah, he was, by all accounts, he was just a good person by the sounds of it. Um, but they, you know, when you own the media, mate, you and MI6 and the, 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 the UK elite, you can print whatever, mate. And if enough newspapers, like if I, if, even if you just put it in, say, the sun, if you put it in the sun every day for two weeks, people believe it because they think, oh, if it's in, you know, if, it's, if they keep saying it, it's got to be true. You know, if it's, if it's in all the newspapers, it's got to be true. They wouldn't print it because they, because people think, oh, well, they would get sued if it wasn't true. But it's a multi-billion dollar business, which no one, no one can really, the only people who can afford to sue newspapers is celebrities. At the end of the, the day. The sue them really is the people who work for them. Yeah, the <laughs> people who own them. Like. With Doji. He was in a cutthroat world as well, mate. He was in films, Hollywood. Yeah, and and the other thing is, he comes from a very rich family, and I think, um, I don't care who you are or how good you are, you don't get that rich and powerful without making powerful. Oh yeah, God, mate. Do you know, like, in business or Hollywood or sport or whatever, mate, anything which is a uh, where there's a lot of money involved you have to be cutthroat to a certain level. You have to make difficult decisions. Um, just look, look, how, look how dodgy things are in the Middle East, mate. Oh, Jesus, yeah. And someone from the Middle East... Say that again, mate. You went, and you went for a dip again. Someone from the Middle East, Muslim, what they've done in London, you know, they've got a flagship store of this known worldwide. You know, Harrods is associated with London, end of story. Anyone who mentions London is Harrods. They don't like the Muslims, don't they? No. God, no. Right. So, yeah, so the marriage breaks down. She gets together with um, Dodie Fired, which obviously is a problem for the royal family. They really didn't like that. They tell her to, you know, to break it, to break up. She, she refuses because, as we discussed, she's very determined. She's very stubborn. Um, they keep printing stories about the two of them. They keep following them around. She tells her friends that she thinks that Prince Charles is going to kill her. Um, there's a lot actually in this documentary. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a detailed like ten minute slot, but throughout the whole documentary, 
they very much like hit the nail over the head with like Prince Charles is a proper psychopath. And they said the word psychopath over and over again as they, they really wanted to hammer that home that he is not a good person, like, which, you know, that's a massive surprise, to be honest. But it's interesting because you very rarely see anything in the newspapers which is negative about Prince Charles. He's always kind of portrayed as this kind of um, dopey one with big ears, isn't he? As like the people, the figure which people make fun of. But I think uh, if, you know, if allegations and rumours are to be believed, he's a bad, bad man. I think the Royals are, mate, to be fair. Indeed, mate, indeed. So just preceding the crash, um, on Saturday 30th of August 1997, uh, Diana left uh, Sardinia via a private jet and she arrived in Paris with Dodi. Uh, They'd gone there en route to London, having spent uh, eight to nine days together on uh, Mohammed Al-Fayed's yacht uh, in the Italian and French, French Riviera. They'd intended to stay at the Ritz for one night, or in France for one night, and then they were going to uh, go back to the UK. Henry Paul, who is the, the, who was the deputy head of security at the Ritz Hotel, was instructed to drive the hired car, which was a Mercedes-Benz 1994, uh, back to the Ritz's main entrance, the first entrance, to avoid the paparazzi. And they used a decoy vehicle as well to try and throw off the photographers. Um, and this is where I believe the, the conspiracy part of it starts to come, because what that decoy vehicle does, it does twofold. Yes, it throws off the paparazzi. But do you know what else it does? is it isolates the actual car away from witnesses. Um, and one of the things which comes out in the trial, in the inquest, is that in the inquest, the jury says that the white Fiat and the motorcycles who were witnessed around Princess Diana's vehicle prior to the crash, they were responsible for the crash. They say that, the jury said that. Now, remarkably never been traced. I think there was one documentary by Chris Everard uh, who found the white Fiat, uh, but it had been trashed, like, you know, scrapped like a, a month or two later, but they did track it down. Um, now, you're telling me that the Princess of Wales, a member of technically of the royal family still, was killed. There was a white car and several motor motorcycles who were responsible with witnesses and they haven't tracked them down. That's absurd, mate. It was just Joe Bloggs on the street and this happened and then responsible for the death. They'd find him. Oh, God, mate, you think there's cameras everywhere? I'm sure Paris is like one of the most seasoned cities in the world. I'm glad you mentioned that, mate, because remarkably... And this kind of fits into almost every conspiracy theory there's ever been. Uh, all the all the the traffic cameras on their route stopped working. Or no, sorry, not on all the cameras on their route. The cameras in the tunnel were not working that night. They'd worked forever, worked ever since, but for that night, that one night in 1997, didn't work. Funny though that that happens, isn't it? Just, 
coincidence, mate. I don't know how it works. Um, Princess Diana was uh, renowned for wear, always wearing her seatbelt. Um, but when she was found and when they checked the car, she wasn't wearing her seatbelt that night. And when they checked the car after the accident, her seatbelt had been tampered with. Now, you know, that's no coincidence, is it? If you're going to, like, if you want to try and kill someone in a car accident, having them not wear their seatbelt is a good way to ensure that, isn't it? Um, ever be tampered with. There's no reason for it, is there? There's no explanation. There's no reason. Um, so, the officials... I just want to jump back a sec. You know, you know yeah. the security... Is it Henry Paul? Yeah, yeah. Nobody... There's no way you can have security training. They wouldn't be driving at 121 miles an hour through a tunnel... Unless they've been chased and they felt in danger. Just paparazzi chasing them. Sorry, mate, you're going to have to repeat that then. Sorry. If it was just the paparazzi chasing them, there's no way he would have gone to 121 miles an hour. He's just used the vehicle. Absolutely. Yeah. There was no way he could have been driving that car in the first place. Yeah, 100%. I just, just missed the last bit of what you said there, mate. Literally the last sentence. There's no way he should have been driving that car, security-wise or anything, for the people who were in that car, unless he was driving it for a reason. Yeah, and, and the, other, the, well, the other aspect of that is, did, was he driving that fast? Because... Um, Oh, I say that. There's two aspects to it. So in the inquest, they determined that they didn't think the people on the motorcycles were paparazzi because uh, all the photographers and the paparazzi were renowned, particularly in France, for driving mopeds. And the yeah. car, the Mercedes that they were in, was too powerful. You know, it would have put its foot down. It would have been away from those scooters within seconds. Uh, the motorcycles described by witnesses were fast enough to, you know, just to keep up um, they're not that's not paparazzi that to me that is trained people with this white fiat who were trying to run them off the road and ensure that this accident happened in superbikes you know paparazzi need to stop uh, they, they're not used to going fast and things like that no way with the paparazzi no and you know they needed this accident to happen in the tunnel where there was no cameras. They need that. that had to happen in the tunnel. So they had to have that. That's why I believe that they had the motorcycles and the car because they would have used the motorcycles to chase them. And then they would have used the car to, to, you know, to bump it or to, cause they were, I think, I believe there was um, white, white paint found on the vehicle as well. I'd have to check that though. Um, Am I right in thinking only there was only one witness to it? I'm not sure I'll have to check that. I know in the documentary they said there was witnesses to the motorcycles. So on, even on Wikipedia it says uh, straight after the accident, witnesses were there straight away. Now, those witnesses, which are there instantly, I don't necessarily think are all 
really reliable. Because what's yeah. to say that four of those witnesses, for instance, could have been the motorcyclists? Yeah. So how can you trust that? But there is, it also says there was witnesses who reported seeing uh, motorcycles swarming the Mercedes before it entered the tunnel. And I believe there's actually, um, I'm sure there's like CCTV footage of them the going into the tunnel. Because I, have, the, I remember seeing it years ago. But like I said, you search for things on the internet now, mate. You're not finding that. Well, that, uh, like I mentioned to you on last episode, mate, YouTube has really gone in big on keeping, uh, trying to get rid of anything which is like linked to, uh, you know, uh, conspiracy theories. Because even I noticed that the episode which I've put up tonight, where like you've got the show description, they um, they've put this thing where it says context and then it's got like a little quote like a wikipedia quote or whatever saying a conspiracy theory is and then it tells you about the illuminati which i thought was fascinating but it's to it's to combat fake news uh twitter and social media have been doing it by it like they did it on one trump's tweets which he put something about covid19 and then underneath on the tweet they put context and they wrote like you know, basically the truth or whatever, which I find fa- fascinating that uh, social media and, and digital companies are now basically combating what people are saying before they've even, you know, people have even had a chance to, to, to read it. And the whole purpose of social media, etc., is freedom of speech. Well, it's supposed to be, mate, isn't it? It's supposed to be. Um, I'm just going to see now because I can I can bring up the CCTV on to the screen. There's only one eyewitness to the crash. Is that right? I'm sure it was a member of Dodie Fired Al Fired security team. Well, yeah, wasn't there? I believe there was a car following. But, um, but why was the car in front going so fast as well? Well, that's it. You should be, should be really, should have been, you know, they should have been close to him, you'd think, protecting their, their car, wouldn't you? Yeah. And usually if you've got a car, only one car with you as support, it goes behind. Yeah. The way with the trailing car. So, I was just looking for the kind of like, this video clip, which I know exists, of them going into the tunnel. Well, and, um, I know it exists. And there's a digital version which was put together by, I don't know if it's been put together by a, you know, by a, like a TV company or if it's the official digital kind of what they think happened. And interestingly, in this digital clip of what they think happened in the tunnel, uh, it's the Mercedes and just the white sedan. And the sedan clips it. There's no motorcyclists, and the basically the white Fiat kind of seems to stop in front of it, um, yeah. which is it's very interesting. But the way, and then obviously the white Fiat drives off and never to be seen again. Um, it's, you know, it's frightening, mate. It really is frightening. Um, there's so many strange facts, and I, I'm conscious of you know the time. 
Um, so we're going to kind of go through like we did last week where we have a top 10. So I'm going to read out 10 facts that you should know about uh, Princess Diana's death. Uh, number 10, swapping cars at the last minute. Um, so although they'd used a particular Mercedes throughout the day of their deaths, when Princess Diana and Dodie went to leave the Ritz Hotel shortly after midnight, uh, a different Mercedes was sent to pick them up. Not only had the car been changed at the very last moment, but there was also no backup car pre present as there had been throughout the day and the standard practice for such secur security journeys. There was also controversy regarding the seat belts, which we just discussed, uh, as she wasn't wearing one on that last journey. And everyone knew that she was a habitual seatbelt wearer and they found it hard to believe that she was found to not have been wearing it. And at the same time, the security officer in the vehicle, Trevor Reese Jones, was found with his seatbelt on, which is unusual for a security officer of such a high-profile job, given it was standard practice for them not to wear seatbelts so that they could react quickly, etc., etc. Uh, what would you say to all that, mate? It's absolutely spot on, that. None of this at all from a security point of view. I'm not an expert in security or anything, but from what I've read, which is basic knowledge of it, even I can see none of it is the procedure. Yeah, that's, that, and that's the problem, isn't it? He's the one who usually drives them around. Professional driver. The deputy head of security of the Ritz. He, he probably hasn't even got a CIS licence to work the door. He's probably gone from office work and ended up there. He's probably... You know, for Princess Wales. But yet, what... The people in the car in front would have had driver training and stuff. But you don't say no. If you've got someone behind you who hasn't got driver training, you're not going to lose them for an hour unless they're an immediate risk of death. Yeah, you're going to have to repeat that. I'm really sorry, mate. Anyway, oh, mate. None of it. Yeah, just the last bit I didn't catch, mate, which you said. It was... Uh... From a security point of view, mate, none of it makes sense. The driver in front... He would have known the guy behind didn't. He wouldn't have been going 121 miles an hour unless there's a serious risk or threat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, spot on, mate. It's... Um... It's so strange, mate. That two people who were in that car at that time they were two of the most high-profile people in the world. Yeah, I don't. I just don't understand it, mate. I honestly don't. This just doesn't make sense, does it? No, not in the slightest, mate. Um. Yeah, so uh, the next one, number nine, uh, no CCTV footage of the spur-of-the-moment route change. Uh, instead of taking the quickest route to Dodie's flat in the central Paris, the driver, Henry Paul, insisted on taking a different route that would not only be longer, but would also take them along the River Sienne through the Pont d'Alemar tunnel, where the tragic crash occurred. The reason for this was said to be to avoid the paparazzi who had followed them all day. Uh, that would seem reasonable, but given that the change of route was said to have been made on the spur of the moment, many people found it suspicious that 17 CCTV cameras on the route were either turned off or not working at all. So consequently, there was no footage 
captured of their fateful journey, footage that would have been invaluable in determining what happened that evening. 17 cameras not working, mate. I remember when that came out, and I tried to look for answers. Fine, but sound's gone, mate. Hang on. It's gone completely. Sorry, again. There you go. Back yeah. now. I got a look at that as coincidence. I tried to find out if any other cameras around the city were off. Bear in mind, in, in Paris, there's what? Probably 20,000 CCTV cameras. So you could give or take 100, 150 cameras, might be down at any one time. Crazy, mate. I'm looking at the probability there. 17 on the long route they took. It didn't anything about it. In somewhere like Paris, you know, within a mile, you're going to go past 450 cameras. <laughs> yeah, any coincidence as well that that they've chosen that one route, which mm. happens to be completely uh, devoid of any cameras and stuff. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a weird one, mate, I've got to say. I've got to say, the of knowing was every other camera in the city working, Speculation. You know me. I'll, I'll devil's advocate everything. Yeah, for sure, mate. It's got to do it's that. Way it could be. You know, you've got to. Hundred percent. So the data the other two cameras the that one out the window. Right, mate. Um, it could be a security point of view. It could be. Paul wants to hang out with Jodie Alfired in Princess Diana a bit longer. It could be he chose that route to kill him. Yeah, he could have been told to do it. Um, right, I just missed what you said there, mate. Um, but what I want to do, mate, is um, if you go into your right at the bottom, if you go into settings, um, or you know where the mute is, where it says mute at the bottom or wherever it says mute on your screen there's like a little arrow and if you click the arrow it brings up a load of stuff right at the bottom it says audio settings um all i've got is mute stop video share participants more um mute yeah, I'm trying to find somewhere where, if you've got somewhere where it says settings or audio settings or something like that. I've got nothing at all like that, yeah, mate. So, do you know where it says mute? Is there like a little arrow next to it? No, next to mute is stop video, then share, then participants, then more. And there's nothing in more, I just looked. No, so the arrow on, on the mute button, there's like a little tiny arrow pointing upwards on the button. Nope, nothing at all on mine. Because mm. what you can do, I'm wondering, there's this, there's an option to reduce echo. And what I'm wondering is if you've got that on, it, it'll it mute parts of your, not mute, but it like muffles parts of when you're speaking. So I'm just wondering whether that's what you've got on 
yours, but I can't access your side of it. No. All right, yeah. come on, mate. I'll, um, I'll edit this bit out, anyway. But, um, just make a note of it. Yeah. Crazy, mate. I didn't hear any of that, mate. Nothing at all in years. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, well, here's what it is. We'll, we'll get through. Um, right. Two seconds. Just write the minute. I just want to make a note of this, mate, so I can take it out. Okay. Right. Uh, and then next up, we've got number eight. The mystery that is, or was, Henry Paul. Driver Henry Paul was very much blamed for the accident, especially in the press, uh, mainly due to accusations that he was intoxicated while behind the wheel. However, during the Diana inquiry, uh, as it was labelled by the British media, one medical expert after another cast serious doubt on the blood, both the blood tests that were conducted to establish that he was drunk and his post-mortem, which they claimed had over 50 basic errors. Paul was found to have been working for both the French and British intelligence services, and the mystery surrounding him only deepened, as several large payments were made into his account via cheque, leading to the evening in Paris. None of those payments were investigated by the inquiry, something which led many to believe there was a cover-up in place. What do you make of that hunk of shit? There was no way on this earth Henry Paul should have been involved in this set situation in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. And but you know what I think, mate, is I think that he was involved in it. I think that's what those payments were for. He was working for the intelligence services. And I just think... Well, I, I just think that he ended up being a part of a plot, which I'm... Like, he basically was involved in the plot to kill himself, even yeah. though he didn't realize that, that whether, whether he was accidentally killed or whether they always had the intention that he was going to die and he didn't realize. Yeah, either way... They knew he was going to die. He didn't. Yeah, and either way, he was involved in his own death plot. Like Totally. He wasn't a professional driver. Yeah, you have to repeat that, mate. Sorry. We would have taken a professional driver. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, mate. And numbers. Say again, mate. Sorry. From Dodie and Diana's point of view, Henry Paul should not have been in this equation whatsoever. Yeah, he could never have been driving the car. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was he's, he's been put there, isn't he? Just yeah. One way or the other. Uh number seven. Threatening phone call regarding banning line landmines, which is obviously, as we discussed, a very uh controversial uh side to Diana and the royal family's um 
confrontations, shall we say. Uh, in the controversial documentary, Unlawful Killing, which is the one we were just referring to, Simone Simmons, the long-standing friend and associate of Diana, so there we go, we get the name, uh, spoke of being with the former royal when she received a phone call from a high-ranking UK government official concerning her ongoing campaign for the banning of landmines. According to Simmons, when Diana passed her to the phone so she could hear what was being said, she heard a gentleman say, don't meddle in things you know nothing about because you know accidents can happen. Simmons told this version of events during the inquiry into Diana's death. Diana very much took this threat as genuine and already feared that the British intelligence services were listening to her phone calls. Incidentally, it was revealed years after her death that even such agencies as the NSA had thousands of transcripts, tra transcripts of phone calls during their, her time. Uh, they refused to release them, however, for, re for reasons of national security, as they do. Um, also in the documentary, they said that wherever she went, returned to her apartment home after being away, she had to scan it for bugs from MI6 to make sure that they weren't listening because she suspected for years that they were bugging her apartment and then provide, giving the media edited versions of conversations and, you know, incidents and stuff. Scary yeah. stuff, mate. Um, number six, the letters that predicted her own death. In the months leading up to her death, Diana sent letters out to two close friends, her butler, Paul Burrell, and her solicitor, Lord, Lord Mitchum. In them, she stated quite clearly that the royal family and her husband were planning her death, and that it would be a car accident. While Burrell went public with his letter and paraded it to the press for all to see, Lord Mitchum passed his over to the serving chief of, chief of police at the time, Lord Condon, who was actually shown to have lied in the inquest with that separate. Uh, Condon withheld the letter from public knowledge, as did his, his successor, Lord Stevens, for several years, even though it's illegal to withhold evidence in investigations. Despite this, no action was taken against either former police chief, which served to raise an eyebrow or two, and both were then made lords by the royal family. Coincidence, mate. Coincidence. That's what it is. Um, Just of their job, that's why they were made lords, obviously. Yeah, to totally wasn't a thank you for, you know, covering up no, and were... withholding evidence. Um, yeah, it's frightening, mate. It's got to be said, it's frightening that they're able to so easily uh, interfere in investigations, withhold evidence. And what is even more frightening is that they can be made lords in the aftermath of that coming out and nobody gives a shit in terms of media, journalists. No one cares that these two police chiefs withheld evidence about the potential murder of a, a royal member, uh, a member of the royal family, and what? That's all right. Don't matter. Crazy. I'm a member of the royal family. Yeah. Number five, Diana remained in the tunnel for 81 minutes. 
She wasn't removed from the crippled vehicle for almost 37 minutes after the crash, despite there being little to no damage to her side of the car. It was a total of 81 minutes before the ambulance she had been placed into made its way out of the tunnel and to the hospital. Despite serious questions about his conduct at the scene, Dr. Jean-Marc Martino was not made to appear at the official inquiry into Diana and Dirty's death. Not only was this decision met with suspicion, but Dr. Martino has never addressed any of the accusations of gross negligence from those who feel his actions on that night were far from adequate. Medical experts who testified in court state that had Diana been removed from the scene quicker, she may well have survived. So with that, I will just add to that before I get your take on it. Um, she was conscious in the car uh, and you know, responsive. She was left in the car for 37 minutes. There was not that much damage to her, that part of the car. Um, then she sat in the ambulance for, I think, for another 40 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. Um, but this doctor turned up with a private ambulance, took complete charge, told the paramedics to basically leave it to him, um, didn't contact a hospital or the ambulance station where obviously ambulances and first responders are in regular contact via radio, aren't they, with the, you know, the hub. Uh, they didn't contact them at all. Took them 81 minutes then to get to the hospital. Um, now, to me, the fact that she was conscious, look, I'm not a doctor. Maybe she would have died anyway. But to me, those 81 minutes are vital. And totally right. that's why ambulances have blue lights to get people to hospital as, you know, in 10 minutes or 8 minutes. To, to give them the maximum chance of living. Um, what do you kind of say to all that sort of, all that stuff around the doctor? Absolute bollocks. <laughs> oh, that's a baller. Do we think he's a, like, much like the driver, Henry Paul, do we think he's a plant who's been put in there by the people who've done it? I don't think he's a plant. I think he's the doctor who covers up things for people. He's their guy, like... Mm. But he's you know, got ruffled with this one. Yeah. And that's why he said nothing. If you say nothing, you can't get in trouble with your overlords. She she was probably going to survive. Yeah. And this doctor, he knows that So he couldn't exactly do anything to kill her or do the rest He couldn't take that risk. No. God bless her soul. It was probably agonizing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So frustrating and sad, mate. Because and look, those eighty-one minutes—that's a long time. Like, imagine if like she was conscious and stuff. Imagine if he thought she was going to survive, but he knows that you know she has to die for the you know for their plan or whatever. Um, he could have given her something, could have injected her with something, could have smothered her if she was like partially incapacitated. Now, I'm not saying he did, to be very clear. I'm saying that 81 minutes is a very long time to just kind of hang around in that tunnel. Yeah, any, anything could have happened. Somebody, they could have brought someone else in to do any of that stuff. I don't think he did anything to her because I think if he was going to, do something. Because he knows 
I've told you that looks 81 minutes. I think he had to leave it that long for her to die from the causes of the crash. The countries and bodies and people involved in this, they would cover every single aspect of it. Yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. Uh, number four, this, this professional driver. All of this, that's why I don't think the person they got to drive it they tried to hide everything but they couldn't mm. yeah uh, number four was the speed of the ambulance was questioned when the ambulance finally did leave the scene of the crash and made its way to the hospital it traveled at pedestrian pace of 19 kilometers per hour uh, which is 12 miles per hour. This was questioned by investigators, researchers, medical and emergency service experts alike. And the reason given for the slowness was that the ambulance had high-tech medical equipment on board. Uh, it was essentially a mobile theater room to allow emergency teams to begin treatment as soon as the patient was inside the ambulance. To travel at high speed would have put this delicate work in danger. Speak to me about that, my friend. It's believable. The problem is, coupled... Inside this ambulance. Say again? Have you ever seen pictures of the inside of this ambulance, this mobile operating theatre? Hmm. Um, yeah, it's... The problem is, coupled with everything else, uh, driving that slowly um, is, do you know what I mean? It's like really suspect, uh, and it just kind of adds. It's just another kind of another so, thing, isn't it? Videos of people with broken necks and spinal damage, and they're flying in that ambulance. Yeah, people go, go in helicopters, mate. People with slit throats, uh, bleeding out. That ambulance is flying. Yeah, because they they know that minutes can make the difference. Seconds can make the difference, don't they? Um, just having a quick look to see if there's any pictures of this private ambulance. Um, not from the inside. Only from, there seems to be some, probably isn't the same one, just like of the the type of, uh, type of one. Um, what about if we type in? Uh, I couldn't pictures anywhere of the actual ambulance inside. If they've got to cut you open, play your internal organs, things like that, they're not going to do it while you move. The whole purpose of an ambulance and first responders is to stabilise, basically, to get to that hospital. Yeah, you get there as quick as you can. Operating theatre. Hmm. None of it adds up at all. Yeah, for sure, mate. Uh, number three, the infamous white Fiat Uno. To some, the mystery of the Fiat Uno was the smoking gun of the whole evening. Its presence was denied at first, but there were paint markings on the remains of the Mercedes. Shattered pieces of a red tail light matching the Uno were covered at the tunnel. It appeared there was a collision between the Mercedes carrying Diana and Dodie. Uh, and the white Fiat Uno, which resulted in Henry Paul losing control of his car. 
some people, however, questioned whether the Uno was there on purpose to facilitate the crash. Suspicions grew more when the car was never officially located, despite a nationwide search. It appeared to have vanished into thin air. Conspiracy theorists pointed to the death of ex-MI6 agent James Anderson, uh, and Anderson, who officially at least committed suicide several years later, following the death of Diana Anderson, owned a white Fiat Uno that had been officially ruled out as the one involved in the crash due to it being too run down. Yeah, if you see any like pictures of the white Fiat Uno, it's quite run down. Um, that's a very interesting little little tidbit, I think. Um, yeah. The white Fiat Uno was probably one of the most popular cars in France at the time. Yeah, of course it is. But it's just a coincidence, isn't it, that this MI6 agent who was isolated in France because he didn't want to come back because he would have got arrested because he had shared secrets uh, with media or a journalist, um, killed himself shortly after her death. And he also had a, a Fiat Uno, you know? And is it guilt or was it just because he was feeling the strain and the pressure of being an ex-MI6 agent? You'll, you'll never know. Um, would have loved to have read his suicide note though mate to see if he because uh, he probably would have said wouldn't he um number two the flash of light seen at the tunnel entrance many witnesses spoke to investigators and media about a bright flash of light that they saw at the entrance to the tunnel in the immediate seconds before the mercedes slammed into the pillar many have questioned whether this flash of light had been intentional to temporarily blind Henry Paul so he would lose control. As unlikely as this might be, when former British Secret Service worker Richard Tomlinson revealed plans, he claimed that had been from British intelligence to assassinate a Serbian politician years earlier, uh, the method and result was exactly the same as the fate that awaited Diana. The plan spoke of using a blinding flash of light which would temporarily blind the driver as it entered a tunnel, ensuring a fatal crash. Now, that is a coincidence, definitely. Totally believable. It's a total coincidence that the, the security services had a plan to assassinate someone else in exactly the same way. Don't know what you mean. It's not. There's no such thing as coincidence, mate. And finally, to wrap us up, Number one, the tunnel cleaned and reopened within hours of the crash. The crash happened just after midnight local time. The daylight had barely announced itself over Paris several hours later, and the tunnel was completely cleaned, cleansed, and reopened to the public as if nothing had happened. Investigators insisted that they had retrieved everything they had needed from the scene, so there was no need to keep the area closed. However, many were very critical of his reopening and compromising of an accident scene so soon, particularly when no real investigation had taken place. Do you think that's suspect, mate? So for me, I would say that's the least suspect thing on the list because I know how quick they try and get like motorways back open after a crash. Um, not very often crime scenes, especially in a place where it causes 
inconvenience of that capacity, the crime scene is left. Yeah, and then in fairness to, I know they should have treated it as a crime scene, but the local bobbies who would have been involved in making that decision and, you know, cleaning it and stuff, they they might not have thought it was a crime scene. They might have just been told, oh, there was an accident. Do you know what I mean? I, I do, but the people that were involved, they would have been looking for more than Joe Bloggs. Yeah. But I can understand the things that they would have, because that you know, it would have to be open as soon as possible. We've seen it. How many times have you seen deaths on a motorway and things, and within a few hours, it's like nothing ever happened? Yeah. Yeah, 100%, mate. So, the least of the theories. They probably only had nine. I didn't catch that, then, mate, sorry. They probably only had nine, like, theories. Yeah. Like, nine facts to put up that are who has a top line? So they just chuck this into the Yeah, just chucking an extra one. Um, there was also, you know, there was rumours that she was pregnant with Dodie's son, or Dodie's child, sorry. Um, sure, like all her close friends, everyone has come forward and kind of deep on that. Yeah. But uh, that, would be the, that would be the camel which broke, the straw which broke the camel's back, I think, for Prince Charles, for the Queen... Prince Philip, all those people who were linked with her murder, that would have been like the final straw, I think. But just to put this on the flip side, yeah. What if the whole thing, the planned murder was Dodie, but killing Diana as well, what a fucking cover up that is. Who's ever going to look into Dodie being assassinated? when Princess Diana has just been assassinated. But why would they... Yeah, but I think that doesn't make sense, though, does it? Because people... If you look at it logically, you wouldn't have conspiracy theories and things coming out about Goldie. They knew that. They'd be quite a straight avenue to follow. Diana being killed, nobody is going to go looking into the royal. You like these people trying to break through and whatever, but they're something you can't touch. So, do you mean that, like, someone outside, not like someone outside of the people suspected of killing Diana, you mean someone else completely killed Dodie and obviously Diana as well, but they were targeting Dodie, but obviously because Diana was killed, everyone suspected the. Royal family and MI6 and stuff's right. So the reason being, it had to be someone on Dodie's team on the inside because it was all the employees and his team involved in this, not mm. Diana. Yes. That's what makes me think. I, I don't know, maybe. But what an amazing cover. The person, who, the person who the target is, is Dodie. You take him out, but in the process of taking him out, you take out Princess Diana. Mm. What if, from what the doctor was in the tunnel, what if they had to wait the 81 minutes for Dodie to die? Diana didn't have a seatbelt on. 
it's high, regardless of little damage on her side, it's highly unlikely she would have survived a crash at that speed, mate. We've seen the state of the car was in. Imagine the impact of it with no seatbelt. Yeah, yeah, and just because she's just because she was conscious and alive afterwards doesn't mean that she would have survived. That you know, that's just one of those things. She could have been dead within minutes, for all we know. What if it was dope? Just then a quick um, you know, autopsy on him. As, as powerful as he was, he's not the important person here, Diana is. Mm. All eyes are going to be on Diana, not on Dodie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could well be. But who would, of, who would want to kill him, though? I can't think of a reason why someone well, would target him. His family is, and they were quite a decent family to be fair. Don't get to their rank of power without being involved in the seedy side of power. Granted, they might not have done anything, etc., but they were too powerful to be pushed out. Okay, and they couldn't kill more. You didn't expect anyone to go after his son. You'd think he's doubly safe, wouldn't you? It's interesting, mate. Interesting, but um, not sure. I, uh, I'm not sure I'm going for that one, mate. I've got to be honest. But you know, as it's as I, only because no one's ever looked at that, haven't you? Who were his enemies? Who were my Mohammed's enemies? Yeah, yeah. I'd have to have. Um, I'd have to. I'd need some. Some some uh, some evidence for that, but maybe we'll have a little look at it. I um, I just discovered there's um, a lifetime adaptation movie called The Murder of Princess Diana, uh, starring Jennifer Morrison. Uh, it's an adaptation of the book The Murder of Princess Diana. Um, so I'm going to watch that later because I think that'll be fascinating. Um, look, you know this. There's so much, so much to talk about, so much to go into. Um, and I think maybe we could revisit this one again. There's so much to talk about. Um, and there's so many reasons. We've kind of touched on the, you know, the accident and the potential reasoning behind it. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but maybe we do a part two where we look at the, the people who could have done it. Um, so we've kind of set it up for that, haven't we? We've looked at... Everyone just points the finger at the Royals, don't they? Well, there's the Royals, there's the MI5, there's the French intelligence, there's the, the Mossad, there's the, the CIA as well. So there's, there's a few avenues for us to look at and discuss. Well, the last episode we did, the Epstein and Satanic cults and things, the Rothschilds, all them, they, they run war. Diana hmm. made and they're much more powerful than the world. Indeed, mate. So maybe next episode we do we have a look at the the who what? behind. Yeah. yeah. We've looked at the why today. Let's look at the who. Indeed, mate. That sounds good to me. Um I don't think it was the royal. Yeah, well, we'll discuss. Um so um we'll try and sort out the uh, audio on Reese's side. I'm going to edit the 
do a lot of editing with it, so it won't, people won't notice it as much. But it keeps dipping for some reason on Zoom. Um, hopefully, we'll be back on StreamYard anyway, which was uh, nice and smooth last week, wasn't it? But um, say again, Mitch? Perfect last time. Yeah, I don't know what's going on today. Must be the heat, Mitch. Must be the heat. Um, it's 2020, mate. Everything's going fucking crazy. Yeah, it's 2020. It's just the end of the world, mate. I think it's, uh, it's all gone to shit. So, uh, we'll be back in uh, probably two weeks with uh, part two of the death of Princess Diana. But uh, as usual, we'll have lots and lots of shows on lots and lots of subjects. Check out you. H Podcast Nation on YouTube subscribe click that bell and uh, of course you can find us on all the social media platforms and uh, Reese's Instagram is just below him by there so give him a, a follow and um, we'll be back next or the week after next for part two of Conspiracy Theory Files looking at the death of Princess Diana cheers mate I'm very much sorry, I shall see you. Sports Social Podcast Network.